This is the voice, Michael Shirello. You're listening to the MM Maniacs podcast. You're listening to the MM Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Here we are. Here we be. You are listening to the MMAniacs podcast with Nick David and Matt Kona. And we are here in the basement directly below Side 2 Studios. Which is in use. That's right. Being a studio. If you want a studio time, if you're a rapper or a person that wants to record your voice, go to Side2Studio.com. Check it out. They know their business. They know when to schedule it during MMAniacs podcast. That's right. <laughs> so we have, uh, uh, I think our, I think our podcast today will probably mostly just center around UFC 202. I'm imagining, uh, there's not, there's not a lot of other stuff to talk yes. about. Let's preview it and do some picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's Matt, Matt Cohn is giving me, uh, shit for my tardiness on many, uh, uh, I won't say many, I say on a few other occasions. It's okay. I have been tardy in my, uh, the timing at which I'm able to get from once we've recorded the podcast to getting it up on the internet sometimes. Uh, there have been a few times where it's been a little off, where I have put out a podcast where we were speaking about uh, a fight. and UFC 201, correct? Yes, okay, so we can That's focus on that one. That's the yeah. most recent one. So UFC 201, we did the, we did the, we recorded the podcast like three days before the fight, and then I put the podcast up about our predictions and what we thought might happen in the fight about a week and a half after the event had happened. Yeah. <laughs> so it really took away from the uh, correct picks that I made because uh, <laughs> I did pick Tyron Woodley to to knock out Robbie Lawler in the first round. Thanks, Tyron. Don't know about his callouts, but that was pretty interesting. Um, I feel like the welter, even though the, the this past card was a welterweight matchup, welterweight is not in the future for the two combatants in the main event. Nick Diaz, excuse me, Nate Diaz or Conor McGregor, I think, are done with welterweight for the time being. I mean, Nate has fought there in the past, but admits he's much better at lightweight. But um, I guess before we get into the fight, I'm just looking ahead because questions like Tyron Woodley just reminded me. Like, if Nate Diaz had won, he could have fought either the light, the lightweight or welterweight champion. I feel, but mm. but it's now he, but he's also it's... punked them both for the media, saying they need to make some fights to to be a money fight. They can't just rely on him too. Like they have to do something as champions. <laughs> which uh, I mean, I love the fact that I mean, I think Nate's a great fighter, but I love the fact that his mouth has gotten him millions of dollars just by raising his voice. He was able to pocket. To do two multi-million dollar fights and is as another one coming up. Well, to be fair, I mean, his he was one of three fighters that called out Conor McGregor on the same card, which was the December 19th Fox card, immediately after McGregor's KO of Aldo in 13 seconds. Uh, Charles Oliveira, 
uh, Nate Diaz and then Dos Anjos after he defeated and defended his belt against Cerrone. All called him McGregor. And they all, and they all just, sorry, what? I don't mean to interrupt you, but they all sounded a little desperate to me. It's all like, I um, mean, every, everybody wants, yeah, everybody wants sure. that fight. You know, and we talked about it on the last podcast. Yeah. If, if fucking Cain Velasquez could fight him, he'd fight him too, because. Of course. It's the money. Yeah. <laughs> it's the lottery he's... ticket. But they, yeah, Charles Oliveira, that was the most pathetic. <laughs> Diaz, uh, it was hardest to decipher because it was mostly bleeped out. Right. Uh, at the time. Fucking the trying to press. steal my fucking shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stealing everything I worked for, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, it's been played and uncensored. Uh, since. And then Dos Anjos was just basically answering the response. He wasn't really calling out McGregor. He was saying, if you want to come down to my division, because that was the subject of the UFC 194 post-press conference, where he pretty much closed the book on Aldo and Featherweight for the time and was talking about unifying the belts. So, because Dos Anjos pulled out, Nate got it. So his voice was just uh, a voice not heard by either uh, Aldo or Frankie Edgar just saying yes to a short notice fight. Yeah. And, uh, but wow. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit, I guess. Let's not skip to what's next because it was a hell of a fight. Possibly front runner for fighter of the year, fight of the year. I mean, it's, uh, Condit and Lawler started the year out, uh, in January w- with a classic, but, uh, but I think this is right there with it. If not uh, ahead, just because of the overall the comeback in round four that Conor McGregor, after almost being finished at the end of the third round uh, against Diaz, was it, it really said a lot about him and uh, his potential as a in terms of his legacy because that's something that a lot of people hadn't seen him come back from adversity. I I concurred that it was an amazing fight to watch. Uh, I'm going to jump right into it, man. I'm going to jump right into it. it. There was some stuff in that fight that looked really fishy to me. Mm. <laughs> I didn't see it. I've, I've listened to many, many things since then. But what looked fishy I've, to you? Get, uh, I, it looked to me like Nate Diaz was not fighting, the, was not trying as hard as he could. And in I, what I, way? In the way that he was not throwing the volume of punches he normally throws, and he was uh, he was um, allowing McGregor to hit him sometimes. And one time there was one time McGregor hit him with a shot that was not a hard shot, and he went straight down on his butt. Now whether that was his attempt to try and get McGregor to engage him on the ground or not is that's a thing that you could debate. But what, what, I don't think what you can debate is whether or not the punch that landed on Diaz was a punch that would put him on his butt. That, I don't think that's a disputable thing. I don't think he was hit with the kind of force and, uh, it looked really fishy to me. The whole thing looked fishy to me. And I don't, and listen, 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 no, no, listen. I don't blame either of them. I would do the same fucking thing, dude. I would do the same thing. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. Sorry. Here's what I'll say. Nate Diaz has sparred and fought enough that he knows how he can, he knows how to fight exactly. He's been in a sparring environment in his gym a million times and he can fight somebody without putting a hundred percent on him. And I don't think he was putting 100% on McGregor. 
And I think he did it on purpose because if he, it's the same as a conversation that we had before. If he loses that fight, there's not a trilogy. They're not going to do it again. If he beats him decisively, they're not going to force that fight down people's throats again. But, you know, when he's at the end of it, here's the thing that cinched it for me was, uh, you know, he was, he said that McGregor should have finished him. He should have finished me. He should have finished me because I wasn't fighting to my fullest potential. <laughs> you know, uh, no, I he didn't don't say, know that because you just added that fucking he sentence. He didn't, he didn't say the second part of that sentence, but that's how, what I heard in my head. Like he should have beat me because I wasn't really putting it out there. You know, uh, one thing he did put out there was that he was dealing with a knee injury in training after the, uh, the fact in the pro fight press conference uh, or what media scrum since there was no official post uh, fight. Uh, that's what Diaz said. He claimed to have injured himself in training to have tape of it happening so he couldn't train jiu-jitsu. So he, uh, of course, that's that's the new I'm not racist but racist comment when people say i'm not making excuses but <laughs> right excuses <laughs> right uh i don't know if it was just he was vaping too much before the press conference <laughs> yeah, he but, was vaping uh, quite a bit <laughs> uh but listen i i think that if you think that he didn't get hit enough to denote a knockdown i just point to the damage sustained to his front leg in the first yeah beginning of the fight no shit i don't the, i mean one claim that i i feel like a lot of the diaz nut huggers uh in the non-conspiracy category have been saying is that Conor McGregor did a lot of running. What Conor McGregor did was a lot of what uh, Barboza did to Gilbert Melendez, who was also a teammate of Nate Diaz. He chewed up the leg so savagely and then just skipped a few feet, to, feet away to right, reset to try his and reset. Right. But that, it, but also to show the fact that Diaz could not move around on it very well after. He, he did eventually start checking kicks, but... The damage. Yeah, but he stopped done. throwing them in like the, like after this third round, like the, from the yeah. thir- third, third, the first two rounds he was chewing up that leg and then the next three rounds he just kind of stopped. That was a surprising thing to me was he was having such success. Oh, oh but he broke his it foot. It could be so, to a foot and ankle so, fracture. Right. Which so is, maybe he, maybe that's why he stopped kicking because he was like, fuck that hurts. I should probably stop doing that before I do some real damage. So yeah. I make like no mistake. Make no mistake. Few. They were in a fight. <laughs> that is not what obviously I'm, it's not disputed they were in a fight he was Nate Diaz is taking punches but I'm telling you uh, so I, Nate I'm Diaz not, is throwing you what, the fight based on points imagining in in the first and second round that he that it's going to last five rounds and he's going to lose on points I feel like is a I'm telling you it was a it was a loose it was a loose idea of how he wanted to do it. He was trying. He wasn't putting his hands up as much. He wasn't checking as many punches as he could have. He wasn't putting as much pressure as he could have put on him. I would do the same thing, dude. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just telling you, like, when I watch the fight, I go, that doesn't look like the Nate Diaz I've seen fight before. Really? Because I thought I looked a lot like the, almost to the T, if you sync the two fights up, like the previous fight, except McGregor wasn't, stopping and setting to land those big shots he was content to keep distance and uh earn that with the array of leg kicks landed but it mcgregor threw 70 strikes in the second round 16 per minute which is a pace that uh you can't keep up in a five round fight which showed in the ending 45 second flurry or so uh when diaz began to take control i mean mcgregor still i feel won that round with the two knockdowns and just almost dominating throughout 
but the 45 seconds, Diaz finally like took control, put him up against the fence in the third round, uh, which was scored 10-8 by one of the judges that scored it a draw. Uh, I think McGregor did enough. He landed shots and was able to get out of danger, and for it to be a 10-9, Diaz still won the round, but I mean, I'm still analyzing a great fight, whereas... Uh, I still Here's the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing that I said. So I, I watched the fight with Paul Landwehr, his girlfriend Rula, and Matt Berry. We all watched the fight. And I told them all my theory beforehand, the same theory that we talked about beforehand. And they were all, as we were watching the fight, they were like, that looks fishy, that looks fishy, that looks fishy. Because, you know, maybe I skewed their thinking by well, expressing yeah, well, it beforehand. <laughs> you know, I skewed their thinking by expressing my idea beforehand. Um, I forget the point that I was trying to make here. Um, here's the two things that I, I can tell you for sure. And they're well known for, Nick and Nate Diaz are both really well known for super volume punches and punches that are pitter-patter punches, that are distracting punches, that aren't really connecting, they're throwing out a jab, they're flicking a jab three and four times to to, to throw that overhand right and smash them, or throw an uppercut after yeah. they... So, so they're really good at throwing punches that that look like legit punches and are legit punches, but they're not landing with full force. Um... Yeah, I feel like in Diaz's f- previous fights, he he really only pours on that volume when he knows that the guy is hurt, which is what we saw, which led to the panicked shoot in the previous fight, and what he used to great effect in the Michael Johnson fight, as being the most two recent examples. Of, but uh, I also feel like McGregor took away his jab in the early rounds with the with the leg with kicks, the, with the well, the leg kicks, and being co- countering with the left, which was landing flush quite a lot, which was what knocked him down. When he was, when he was coming in and changing the distance. And if you look at, I mean, I feel like Diaz fought, and maybe that's just his style, but you can see adjustments made by McGregor from the first fight into the second fight. Obviously with the leg kicks, but also patience and not jumping on him or not potentially falling into a trap when he knocked him down and he's seen kind of dazed because it almost looked like shades of Bisping and Rockhold when Rockhold first got knocked down. Bisping just like went up, bashed his head in up, up, up against the fence. But with Nate Diaz, you don't want to shoot him like that with those long, rangy limbs to, to pull you into the guard of a black belt. But uh, I felt like Diaz didn't make... He, he lost. The, he Things were taken away with leg kicks and the loss of the jab. And he didn't really make adjustments aside from just counting on McGregor's attire so he could pour it on, which is... Really, the only rounds he did that was in the third and late in the fifth when he sort of started to... And those are the only two rounds that I scored for him. But uh, I remember what my point was. That it was a good fight. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. That was my point. My point was, even though I watched the fight and I thought that it was fishy, it was still a great fight. So even if it was a worked fight, it was still a great fight to watch. You know, Nate Diaz is not stupid enough to take a dive in a fight and not make it look real. But what he is smart enough to do is maybe leave his hands down a little bit too long. Because I'll tell you what, if me getting knocked out means that I get to make another $8 million in a year and a half from now, I'm going to let you knock me the fuck out. I'm going to drop my hand just a little bit. I'm going to throw a little less volume. I'm going to throw with a little less... um, 
with a little less uh, accuracy. I'm going to throw with a little less power. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to put myself in situations that don't look fishy, but can give my opponent the opportunity to knock me the fuck out. And then, you know, I, you just have you have to be able to see that it's a potential. I'm not asking so you. I'm, to, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not asking. I'm not asking you to agree that you think it's a fix. But I, I'm just asking you to I look don't. at it. I'm I've just asking you to that, look at yeah. it and go. That could be a thing. That could. Yeah, but it's possible to put yourself in the in the shoes of a guy who's had thirty professional fights and hasn't been knocked out. Whereas he could take some hard shots, which he did throughout the night. His face was all cut up. He got knocked down. He got caught on the jaw. Uh, looked really dazed at the end of the first it, during the after the first knockdown initially. Uh, it's it's really tough to put yourself in that position to to say that looks like a punch that didn't hurt him that much because. The, even though he's the smaller guy, this is when Conor McGregor is at his freshest, and he's hitting him uh, full impact. There, there's nothing taken off of some of those clean shots in the first one. So, I mean, it, it. Listen, I will say, as predicted, if McGregor wins this, it will still be ruined by people talking about conspiracy. And boom, we are self fulfilling prophecy <laughs> that right now. Uh, I was not. I don't. I, he was my pick. McGregor was my pick. What? Go back and listen to that again. You really picked McGregor. Go I, look at I my. Go look at. Go look at my Twitter. Thing. That's a different thing. But I'm talking about the last episode uh, of the podcast. No, the last episode I did pick McGregor. The very last thing that I said was after you you said to me it it it, it behooves everybody for him to lose. It really clicked something off in my brain. <laughs> okay. And I went. All right, all right, whatever. And I changed. And I changed my because I think I, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. You changed it. Because I changed we, it. We started because we started the whole going. the whole conversation about conspiracy. So I changed my pick uh, on the UFC um, fight pass on the yeah. on the, uh, the fantasy fantasy pick them. I changed my pick to to McGregor. Yeah. Uh, which uh, uh, I got four perfects in that. I got four perfects in that, and I got. I got s- seven out of Ooh, twelve. You beat me. I got but six. But, you know. got ten. Got ten out of twelve with four perfects. Well, he's uh, not playing. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he did. He doesn't we, even make snacks for the show. And did he, did, did I he sent, make snacks for you? He did. Rula made really nice snacks. Oh, so Rula made. Uh, Rula made uh, a really nice uh, spinach and artichoke dip, um, and then made some little like. Like cheese and crackers and little sausages, and they had a nice little snack array there. Uh, they were very, very uh, hospitable. <laughs> it was great. I had a really fun time over there. I had a really fun Stopped time. I was snack. I was. He said. Yeah. I was. I was. Uh, I had a fun time hanging out with Matt Barry because he's always fun and funny, and and i had a fun time hanging out with rula and and uh, and paul I, everybody was everybody was great it was a it was a very enjoyable uh fight 
And I don't, you know, there's not, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent thing. I'm saying it looks fishy to me. It looks fishy and it's very plausible. And it wouldn't surprise me if in 20 years from now, when they're all retired and somebody's doing an interview with Nate Diaz and they ask him about that fight, he goes, yeah, you know, it wasn't a fix. It wasn't like, uh, you know, the judges weren't paid off and McGregor and I didn't talk about me throwing a fight, but I didn't fight to my potential on purpose. I was a, was not trying my hardest to win that fight because I knew that I was going to get a giant payday in the next fight. And that is the, that's the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. I think that he's already cemented his legacy as someone that you, that can sell pay-per-views. He's never been in that position before fighting McGregor. He's never headlined a UFC pay-per-view event. But he certainly can now. And I don't know who his next opponent's gonna be. I yeah, think but it's not gonna be a payday like that. It's not gonna be like I know a that. Well, payday. but it could, but he's, uh, he's try, the way he's trying to spin it is that he is also money. It's, it's no question that McGregor is the biggest money, but, but he's, but Nate Diaz has said he's only gonna fight for these. Now he made two million dollars, just disclosed, probably more in pay-per-view points. He probably made close to $10 million, I'm guessing. So he's, he doesn't give a fuck, <laughs> as he's said on any occasions. Um, not, well, I don't know. But who, who does he go up against? GSP? Uh, I don't know. But, will he be suspended for a year for vaping after the event? Like, there's a lot of, uh, wacky shit. Happening, unfortunately, a lot of it. He just doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) That's why it won't be surprising to me if he lets the cat out of the bag in, you know, whatever, 10 years when he's not fighting anymore and he goes, yeah, I just, I, I dropped my hands a little bit. I didn't throw as many punches. I, I was not trying my hardest to win that fight because I, I really wanted that $10 million payday again. Cause he doesn't have to do shit now for the rest of his, he's set. Unless he, you know, spends all his money on reefer and mountain bikes, uh, you know. I, 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 you don't have to do anything for once you hit it, you know, millions of dollars, you're good. If you invest your money properly, you can, that's life changing money and you don't have to do anything for the rest of your life. So, it's another one of those, it's just more, it's just more money in the bank. Anyways, that's my whole, that's my whole point of it. It was a great fight. I enjoyed the fight. I really like watching the fight. I, it was a nail biter. I was had my nails dug into the couch, and I was on the edge of my seat the entire fight. Even though that just speaks to the the how good of a fight that it was. Even though I felt like it was fishy, I still was engaged and intrigued and interested, and uh, and it, it it was an enjoyable experience for me. So that's all. <laughs> good. So, what did you like about the fight besides that, in terms of technical aspects? What did you see that differed it from the first fight to the second? Um, Uh, I mean, I thought it was... Can you give any credit to McGregor other than Diaz may have dropped his arms for the... uh potential trilogy fight yeah his the leg kicks were spot on i think the leg kicks were great i think that was a great game plan and i think it was a smart game plan and it's uh it's unfortunate that he broke his foot and couldn't continue because i think if he was able to throw those leg kicks with the 
uh, volume that he did the first couple rounds that he would Nate Diaz couldn't stand on that leg. He would have to go down to the ground. And, uh, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe that was part of the game plan. Maybe part of the game plan was to kick it enough times to find a, the right amount of times to kick it to where it takes away Diaz's power, but it doesn't, it isn't, it isn't enough to put him on the ground because he doesn't want to end up on the ground. Uh, so maybe that was a game plan. I don't know, but the leg kicks, the leg kicks were great. Um, you know, McGregor's, McGregor's boxing looks good. Um, you know, it was a good, it was a very entertaining, it was a very entertaining fight. All right. And then the co-main event, 13 seconds, one Jesus punch, Christ. Uh, uppercut, pretty much That's all she wrote. This is the, this is what I was saying when we were, when we were watching the fights and I stand by this. I, Anthony Johnson is the scariest person alive. <laughs> he is, he is, he might not be the best fighter out of any and all divisions. He might not be the most technical fighter, but he is scary because I feel like he he has, he could just, if you said the wrong thing to him at a party, he would knock you out. Uh, or if you put your yoga mat where he's lifting weights. Exactly. If you put your yoga mat where he's lifting, he's not, he has a, he has a, he's a little unhinged. He's a little unhinged and he has, a, he has a quick, he is, he's quick to, to, uh, lose his cool. Especially if you're dating him. Yeah. So he, 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 in that respect, with his uh with his power and his f- ability to fight and his screw looseness uh to me he's scary he's scarier than anybody just because i feel like he could just kill you he's probably killed people um, he's probably killed them he's, he's probably killed people yeah so what do you, he he could think- totally be a bad guy in a in a james bond movie like a yeah, uh, just get him an English accent, have him work with Idris Elba, and they can be, uh, uh, twin crime brothers or something. Uh, twin crime brothers, that's a good twin one. Twin crime brothers. Yeah, they're both, if he, alright. So what's the name of this one? Uh, we're calling the twin crime brothers. What do you think? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping that, <laughs> that Tashara would, uh, figure something out, out wrestle him, or get him to the, be able to evade him with the, with those big strikes, but he just got caught, and immediately zombified. Uh, he did win a good grappling match with Dan Mergliata after he was, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. He got a real, got a nice <laughs> he got, double, got a good double on, on Mergliata. <laughs> yeah, but, um, besides that, it, uh, not a good night at the office for, Teixeira. No, I mean, he was, this is a fight that he asked for. He nobody calls out Anthony Johnson. He called he called him out after knocking out Rashad Evans. And uh I don't know if that means he'll he'll fight someone like Ryan Bader next, uh who also made a huge mistake. I mean he, I I guess Teixeira's only mistake was calling out Johnson. It wasn't like <laughs> a huge mistake. He had his arms up waiting for the overhand and he got caught up. The chin through the fucking top of his skull, mm. knocking a, what I think was a tooth out, a bottom tooth at that. And, uh, so, 
Tashara goes back into the, you know, sort of the front of the light heavyweight division, but still. Uh, it's gonna be Johnson versus Cormier. We, we may see a one year suspension is the latest, is the latest news on John Jones. And Brock Lesnar, since it was both for the same substance, there's been some new developments. I just started reading an article on Bloody Elbow before he got here. Uh, they could sh- face shorter use out of suspensions. So what does that mean for light heavyweight? It's going to be a rematch, Cormier versus Johnson. Cormier is really the only guy in that division that has had any luck with with uh, Rumble. Granted, John Jones never fought him. But... Uh, what do you see happening in the rematch? I mean, do you think that Cormier can take another punch like the one that he, that sent him flying across the octagon in the last fight, uh, UFC 192? Or yeah, I mean, he's, Cormier's never been knocked out, but I don't know that his chin has been tested by somebody like Anthony Johnson, uh, other than when he fought Anthony Johnson. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, you know, but he stuck to him like glue, so that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Well, that's the smart fucking move. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the smart move. Used what he Cormier used what he ha- has Brace in spades. Yeah. I mean, he has in spades wrestling over everybody in the UFC. You know, other than maybe Henry Cejudo. And uh, I mean, their size is so different. You would you'd never be able to figure that out. But Cejudo's, you know, his his wrestling game is fucking crazy but they're both are they both are uh i mean i don't think there's anybody you know other than maybe sudo i just said the same thing over again that's better than him as a wrestler uh in the ufc um and it, that's the smart move smother smother johnson johnson has to create distance and allow himself to box uh you know cormier is going to either be way out or way in there's not Cormier will probably is going to do the same thing he did not not stand in the pocket not stand in striking distance and try to bang with Johnson because that's a dummy move for that's everybody. So nice. It's a dummy move for anybody. Uh, I, I thought Texera would be able to do it because he has such he he has the I think he has the best boxing. I don't think that's a I don't think it's a shocking thing to say. I think he's probably pretty well known as probably the best boxer in the light heavyweight division. It was the cleanest, crispest, uppercut boxing fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, you get caught with one of those fucking things, and it doesn't matter. It's lights out. He just has that power, yeah. and it just—it's so crazy to me that he was fucking welterweight at yeah. one point. You know, yeah. it's like, god damn. How about that welterweight Anthony Johnson against well, Conor McGregor welterweight? Yeah, right. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That's fucking. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, there'd be like a sixty pound difference that's, by the by fight day. Oh my goodness! You know, yeah. if he made the weight, <laughs> You're right? You, uh, that's a whole. That's a whole nother bag of. Bag uh, but of but man, no good thing we're in the welterweight thing because a guy who made his third welterweight start, Donald Cerrone, came away with his win, most impressive overall. I feel, mm. in, from the three fights he's had at welterweight, he probably looked the best he had physically. With that body shape, and now there's chatter, but I, I really don't lend any credence to the chatter that he's trying to call out Eddie Alvarez, and Alvarez's only loss in the UFC was to Cerrone in his welcome welcome to the uh, promotion match fight. But uh, I don't know. Do you want Cowboy to go back down to lightweight? I, I feel like he's he's doing good things in the welterweight division. Stay there. Stay. Uh, I mean, I don't. 
I don't know. I think uh, I think Cerrone has a hard time with with either of those guys with with Woodley or Cerrone. I think he has a really tough time. With Alvarez, you mean? What did I say? Cerrone. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Alvarez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Woodley or Alvarez, uh, Cerrone has a uh, is going to have a tough time with either. Well, you're of those right because his enemy is himself. Yeah. Well, when that's he gets true. Psyched out in those title fights, now he does it's, like a preemptive walk down to the octagon before he, you know, tries to just relax in the lead up, which I feel like he'll have to do a little bit less of because he'll have to cut so much more weight if he's going back down to lightweight. Um, but yeah, go on. Sorry, about match it up in either of those. Never mind the pressure of. The well, no, that's the truth. I mean, that's the truth. Is his biggest enemy is himself. When he gets in those high-profile fights and the title fights, he he just he he clams up. And then you see him in these other fights that aren't that. It's not that they don't matter, but they're just they don't have. They're not the big show. They're not the big fight. And he looks like a fucking world beater. He goes out there and he looks like. He's unstoppable, and then he gets in the title matches, and then he wilts. Yeah. He wilts, I mean, right? This, was, That's a, a, good this was a big stage at Vegas. It wasn't the co-main event, but it was a a big featured matchup that got a lot of promotion and coverage on throughout the week with uh, UFC embedded and everything, and a lot of people. You know, Cowboy does have a big fan base. So a lot of people in Vegas. Uh, out there to see him. So this was a bigger, his biggest stage as a welterweight, because prior to that was UFC in Canada, which was big, but for that audience. And then UFC Pittsburgh, which was what he headlined, Cowboy versus Cowboy, which yeah, yeah. was not much of a radar blip. It was a Sunday night fight, mm. uh, free TV. Uh, but this is big. Twenty thousand people, Vegas. I hope that it's. An, I hope that it's enough to give him that confidence that he needs to come out and give the full Cerrone treatment to whoever he ends up fighting in the big fight. Because if he keeps make, if he keeps winning, eventually he's going to get a title shot. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me that he would get a title shot against Alvarez because he's had three fights at welterweight. So it doesn't make sense to me that he would call out Alvarez and then he'd get, just go right back down and get that shot. Yeah. I feel like he has to amass a, a few wins at lightweight before he can do that. Yeah. But he might be able to tie those in against three three fights at welterweight. And then if he wants to go back down, maybe two wins at lightweight against top ten guys and then, and then fight Alvarez. Yeah. But if he gets... I think at welterweight it's going to be tougher. I think it's going to take a lot longer for him to get to the welterweight division is fucking stacked right now, man. There's a lot going on there. Yes, but did you hear the the they lost a member today though? I did not hear. Rory this. McDonald signs with Bellator MMA. Really? Today. Could not come to terms on a contract with the UFC. Uh, Why well, did not hear that? Wow. I don't know if his name is on the bottom line, but reputable sources have reported that. That's actually exciting news. Oh, yeah, I think that's sure. exciting news because I think I think Rory McDonald I don't know that he I don't know that he could be a champion in the UFC. He's he's really he's given it his best and yeah. he's come up short, but I think he could definitely be a champion in Bellator. He could oh, yeah. be he could be fucking huge in Bellator. He could be like their biggest yeah, he could be a big draw. He could be a big draw and a big star over there. Get to off. You're right. Uh, well, that's a, that's an exciting thing. I'm happy for him. I, I, it's a that's an exciting thing. I mean, the UFC is great, and that's the they're the premier place to to fight. But 
But there's, but you're right. There's so much traffic at the top of that division. I mean, we're seeing that also in the main event of the event coming up on Saturday, in Vancouver. And especially, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but especially that even makes more sense if GSP's coming back in. Then he doesn't want to. Doesn't want to. Yeah. Right? They're not going to fight each other. So maybe that's a, even a more of an indication that GSP's coming back sooner than we thought. Yeah. He he goes. All right, I'm going to move over to this organization so you can take over the welterweight division again. Who knows? Right. But Condit, Maya is the headlining fight of Vancouver this weekend. Those are two That's guys at the, top, at the top of the welterweight division who have, uh, you know, first of all, the chaos that's going on in the champ with the championship number one contender, or will it be Dana White has said that it's going to be Wonder Boy. It hasn't been officially announced. Yeah, but yeah. He says that Tyron Woodley will fight Wonder Boy, despite Woodley trying to call out both GSP or Nick Diaz, who uh, wasn't even allowed in the building at UFC 202. That's such a uh, weird thing. It's a Nevada State Athletic Commission thing. He hasn't paid them the fine from all of the trials and tribulations, so that's why he's not allowed uh, to attend these events until it's oh, all settled. I thought that, it had, that I thought it had to do with the the bottle throwing incident. <laughs> well, that that may uh, because it was everybody focused on McGregor and what he did, but he wasn't the first one to throw a bottle. Somebody from the Diaz's oh, camp yeah. threw a bottle first. Yeah. If you go back and watch the video, somebody in that camp threw something, and that's when McGregor got up and started crapping everybody's drinks off the table <laughs> and fucking off. winging them. Uh, yeah. That so was, uh, that was my thought was that they they did it because of the uh I didn't realize it was a it was a, a USADA thing. Yeah, it well not USADA, the Nevada State Athletic Commission because oh, this okay. was pre-USADA when the violation happened. Oh, okay. It was after the Silva fight for marijuana use and then they did the 3 year suspension got reduced well this et cetera, et cetera. But uh yeah, who knows what this the the future of Nick Diaz holds. That that's remains to be seen. But one thing is for sure it won't be against Tyron Woodley at least. Though he would like it to be. I saw a post from Joe Rogan yesterday that <laughs> said his his if he said if I owned the UFC, my the next fight I would be booking would be McGregor versus Nick Diaz. Yeah, which is brilliant. That's a brilliant fight. Mm. I I don't know that it would happen. <laughs> I don't know that it will happen. It certainly won't happen soon. McGregor has to go back down to Well, that's what everyone wants, and that's what he's kind of said. Uh, Dan White, at least, has said. McGregor unless you he want to, unless you want to, re- unless, you, unless you want to relinquish the the belt, you can't hold the fucking. But did you watch his comments on the press conference when asked about that? Uh, I've seen some post-fight stuff that wasn't a press conference because... Ah, sorry. But it was... It was him sitting on the table I've seen a little bit, with people asking him yeah, questions. Yeah, I've seen a little little bit. Like I haven't, seen, I haven't, scrum, seen, the, but, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen the whole thing. Also, I think that's a future way that they're going to do it after these fights because it's silly to have some guys up there, faces still swollen from the undercard, not being asked a single question because they're so overshadowed by the main event. Like, this happened countless times, and it's kind of pointless to see so if one so one guy comes out all the reporters have to ask the questions that they need to and then the next guy comes out i think that's that's how like the nfl does it i don't know if that's going to be a new uh, huh. aspect of it because of the new ownership this past pay-per-view was the first one that didn't end with for executive producers lorenzo fertita it mentioned uh the the guy from who's inspired on ari yeah ari, ari. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Yeah, and it, so it's, this was the first pay per view. So what a 
what a way to start your ownership with uh which could possibly be one of the bigger events in UFC history. But I think that's how they're they're gonna do it from now on. Anyway, McGregor said what I mean he he's just speaking the truth. He says, Listen, uh I'm the featherweight champion. They asked him how appealing it is to fight Jose Aldo and he just said what he's been saying. It was like a two-year lead-up to the first one. He pulled out at the last minute. And then when they finally fought, uh, he KO'd him in 13 seconds. He goes, so, he goes, if you want to strip my title and make the guy that, that I knocked out the unified champion, okay, but it's going to bury the featherweight division in the... I don't think... I don't know if, if that's true. I feel like there's a lot of... Here's the thing, though. That I feel like there's a lot of growth in the featherweight division, but it's at lower ranks outside of the top 15. Guys like Yair Rodriguez and uh, uh, other guys coming up who are exciting and uh, and new, but aren't going to contend at the top. Like, they're not ready to go against even Max Holloway, perhaps, but certainly not Aldo or McGregor. Hmm. But, hey, he could, it could be relinquished, it could be stripped of him, but it's uh, it's almost a moot po- a moot point because we we may not even speak of it until February if McGregor's out for that long with this foot injury. Right, right. So, so I know they be, were talking about making that that fight at the the uh, New York City. New York City, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be certainly good. I don't know what unless John Jones is returning, but. I don't think so. If if he's out for a year, if it gets reduced to six months, I think it's still too soon for him to come back because that event's in November. Um, what's it? July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, it's under six months. So uh, I don't know who headlines that New York City card. Dana White said that it's definitely not going to be Ronda Rousey. Uh, but they do Joanna Yunjinchek. I mean, Poland's, um, there's a lot of <laughs> Polish representatives there. Yeah, I don't it, think that su- that's a, no, but that's that, not a, but it was suggested by, uh, Mark Romandi, MMA journalist, that they do a show the night before, because it's such a big event that it's coming to New York State. Oh yeah, they, they could do two. Yeah, they could do the night before, but like in Brooklyn or something, somewhere smaller, huh? and they have the big Madison Square Garden show the next day. Uh, which is sort of what she did when she was on the Ultimate Fighter finale against Gadelia, and then the next day was UFC 200. Could be the return of GSP. That'd be big enough. That's true. That's true. That'd be a that'd be a big enough thing. I don't think Wideman Rockhold Two is a big enough to. I think that would be on the card. I, I, bet, that, I, I bet don't think that'll it would be, be on the card because. You know, oh yeah, he did a lot to bring it to New York City. He yeah. did a lot of um, work on the ground, just communicating. And, spreading the word but uh yeah i mean there's still plenty of events there's pretty much a uh, ufc every saturday through october now there there was a or until football season they're really putting the pedals to the metal with it culminating 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 in the ufc two or three the next pay-per-view in cleveland which is on september 10th which i think is the day before the NFL season officially kicks off. They have a show, they have a game on Thursday, but all the teams play on the 11th. So, uh, what, what are you most excited about in the weeks to come? Doesn't have to be one pay-per-view necessarily. Doesn't have to be a fight. It could be, I don't know, of the things coming up. 
don't know. What's coming up? <laughs> well, you got Maya Condit this week. Uh, that I'm that I'm very excited about. I think that's a really exciting fight. I'm a big fan of both of those guys. And stylistically, they're they're pretty divergent from each other. So mm. I I like the fact you know it's striker that kind of grappler. Yeah, it's yeah. that kind of classic striker versus grappler. Although they're both proficient at the other thing, just not as proficient as each other. You know, Maya has really improved his striking over the course of the last four or five years, and Condit has always been really good on the ground. But they're both not at the level of the other guy. Um, so it's a, it'd be a real interesting thing. You know, it's always, I always love to see a fight like that where a guy is able to beat the other guy at the, their strength. Uh, when John Jones came out and out wrestled Cormier, that's, you know, one of the, one of the big ones there. Um, yeah, it took him down for the first time in his fighting career. Yeah, when, um, uh, Oh shit! What's that guy's name that has Elvis, big Elvis on his arm here? Uh, who's retired now? I can't think of his damn name. Um, anyway, here's what's coming up. There's going to be UFC every Saturday, pretty much until you get to Halloween. Uh, it ends after the 15th of October, and then they're off until November 5th. Uh, as we mentioned. Maya Condit. We'll just do a quick rundown. Who do you think's in the main event as we look ahead? Many of these main events may not even happen because there's a lot that can ha- happen in the interim, injury-wise. But uh, I am picking Maya over Carlos Condit. Uh, man, that's such a tough one. I, my heart says Maya. Uh, it's just so tough. Uh, uh, I think I think Maya's gonna stick to him like a backpack, like he, like he did in his last fight, and just just get right on him and stick on him. I I think he's gonna have a tough time finishing Condit, um, but I think he could uh, he could do the same thing that he did and and just uh, just get on his back and not let him up and not let him go and not let him move and just hang on and get a decision that way. Um, I think, I think Condit's definitely not going to submit Maya. Uh, I don't, I don't think that, I don't know that Maya's ever been knocked out. Um, so. I feel like what Condit does is, if he, he may not knock you straight out, but he just throws so many attacks and so many, in such quick succession that you can get overwhelmed by a TKO. Like that's how he, uh, beat Rory McDonald pretty much with three seconds left. Uh, that's the free fight on UFC's YouTube channel to lead up to this. Spoiler I, I, alert. I, I think, <laughs> I think also maybe released with the, uh, after they couldn't come to terms with Rory McDonald on his Bellator thing. They're like, oh, this serves both of our purposes. You got Carlos Condit fighting this weekend and we'll make the free fight a guy that we're saying goodbye to, who is yeah. <laughs> also coming off of two losses in the UFC. But, um, Okay, so that that's settled. I'm just going to go rapid fire. You, you don't have to say who you're going to pick in all these main events, but of the main events that are happening until October, mid-October, which one excites you the most and why? First, September 3rd afternoon show on a Saturday from Germany, Andre Arlovsky versus Josh Barnett. Week after that, show Cleveland, which we still have to talk about. Uh, Stipe Miocic defends his heavyweight belt for the first time against Alistair Overeem. Maybe we should just qualify that from the discussion since it's, I'll be exciting because we'll be in attendance. Um, 
after that they go to the deep deep Texas by the Mexican border where the wall will be constructed in November. Uh, <laughs> Dustin Poirier against Michael Johnson. Uh, from Brazil, Cyborg versus Landsberg. Cyborg versus Tomato Can, making her <laughs> UFC debut. Her second Tomato Can in the UFC that she gets to fight. Yeah. <laughs> and then John Lineker versus John Dodson in uh, Portland, That's Oregon. UFC fight. debuts there, October 1st. And then at 5 a.m., Greenwich Mean Time from Manchester, UK, the champion of the middleweight division takes on the number 13th ranked <laughs> Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson. <laughs> and in the main event, in Dan Henderson's retirement fight, win or loss. And then uh, the previous week, to kick off, to end it before the uh, UFC finally takes a breather on a Saturday night and maybe lets me go out to do some comedy somewhere. Uh, Ricardo Lamas versus BJ Penn on his second comeback Weird. since not fighting since his first comeback and being <laughs> suspended from USADA. Uh, okay, so give me the one you're excited about the most. I would say disqualifying Miocic Overeem. And then give me the your prediction for a fight that doesn't happen of the ones. That <laughs> <laughs> not to be negative, but listen. A fight that's least likely to come off. All right, yeah. read them to me one more time okay. without all of this. Arlovsky Barnett, okay. Miocic Overeem, Poirier Johnson, Cyborg Landsberg, Lineker Dodson, Bisping Henderson, Lamis Penn. Okay, I think the Lamas Pen is the most likely to not happen. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I think uh, Pen could have lots of injuries. I think he could uh, just have second thoughts. Right. If he watches his last fight in the UFC, and then he watches Ricardo Lamas' last fight. Uh, Lamas looks, looked pretty sharp against Diego Sanchez last time out. Yep, so I think that one's the least likely. And the one that I'm most excited about uh, is probably... Uh, I'm going to go old school with Orlovsky Barnett. Okay, that's a good uh, one. Two uh, former Pride. Uh, did Orlovsky both, have gold in Pride? They both had gold in the UFC. Yes, yes. Two former both, heavyweight champions. They were both too. UFC yeah, yeah. former heavyweight champions. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that's the one I'm probably... That okay, one's yeah, gonna. Yeah. That one's not going to go yeah, to a that's decision. That's a nice afternoon thing. I wish I had the day off for that. Be that nice. fight is not going to go to a decision. Someone's going to get knocked out or someone's going to get submitted. Mm. And I think Orlovsky is going to get his leg torn off yeah <laughs> i think i think uh i think the war I master think, i think the war master or i like baby I, I i prefer the baby face assassin because he i was doesn't at, have the beard in the lead up he may have grown it for the germany but here's a side beard. note i was at josh barnett's first fight in the ufc yeah uh which was i think ufc 28 at the trump taj mahal Damn. in new jersey in 2000 wow yeah so you uh Trump donator Nick Davis. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I have. I have I don't know, sad. I've played a lot at the Trump Taj. <laughs> I played a lot of poker there. I've gone to Atlantic City a lot. I I prefer uh, the uh, Atlantic not City. The Bellagio, oh, the, yeah. Not the Bellagio. What's the not Bellagio? What's the other one? That's not the Bellagio, but sounds like in Atlantic Bellagio. City. Yeah, yeah, Atlantic City. Uh, the Borgata. Uh, yeah, the Borgata. yeah, Borgata. So it's owned by the same guy. They're both Steve Wynn places, but okay. uh, yeah, the Borgata. It's a it's a much nicer place. The Trump Taj is a shithole. <laughs> it's all show. I imagine everything it, looks like like at night it looks amazing, but during the day it's like everything is run down and chipped and it's you like know, the shit's lights hanging. On last call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine it to be a lot like 
when uh, Marty fucks up and lets old Biff bring the sports almanac back in time in Back <laughs> to the Future 2, and then he goes back there, and Hill Valley is different, and evil Biff is running a nightclub uh, <laughs> right. slash casino and in a hot tub. That's what I imagine that uh, Trump Towers looks like, or Trump below. Casino. Anyway, okay, so those are good picks. Yeah, I like the old school. I probably will uh, go with. I'm excited for Lineker Dodson. That's a good fight. That's a <laughs> really good fight. That's a that's a really good fight. Dodson's so fast. Lineker's got such good knockout power. That's a good fight. Yeah, I think Dodson is. Uh, this is. He, I hope he's up to the task because Lineker. I mean, they're both short dudes. They're both small yeah. fellas. Yeah, who f- both are coming from the flyweight division and now at bantamweight and. Just, I know you're fast. Well, that I know Dodson is fast, but you have to be aware of those body shots, especially coming from someone that's around the same size as you. That matchup reminds me a lot of Anthony Johnson, Glover Teixeira. I think it's <laughs> yeah. the same kind of, not just because one guy's black and the other guy's Brazilian, uh, but the I think the the matchup is you know Dodson's a much crisper, cleaner striker, and Lineker's a headhunter. He can mm. knock you the fuck out. But so can Dodson. We've seen that. We've seen oh, yeah. Dodson His knock last people fight. out too. Oh man. So, uh, so, but that's a, that's a real interesting fight. I'd say that's probably my, uh, uh, that's probably my second most, the fight I'm most interested in. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in Bisping Henderson just because of the history, regardless yeah. of the rankings and stuff. Uh, I'm interested because I'm such a fan of Dan Henderson, even though I don't think he deserves this shot. <laughs> Yeah. I'm such a fan and of Dan nice, Henderson. It's after a, his last performance, it's a nice way for him to go out. That's okay. how I feel. That's yeah. that's why I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about the prospect of him going out with the strap. Yeah, causing I mean, a lot of chaos on the way out the door. That's uh here, I'll take this with me. You you fuckers figure it out. Okay. Bye. <laughs> you know? Ugh. Yeah, and being able to silence a, an arena filled with Englishmen, that that oh, that's yeah. kinda crazy that that prospect could happen. So uh, I'm hoping that nothing happens. And the two older gents, I hope they're not the one that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, I do too. In terms of the Lamas Penn prediction, I think that's probably most spot on for Penn's uh, something happened with him. Or Landsberg, whoever she may be, really. Ah, but it's such, a big, it's such a it's such a big such payday. A weird, that's such a weird thing that they just keep putting up these people that nobody's ever heard of in front of side. Nobody wants to fight her. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to fight her? Well, she's a fucking animal. Yeah, it's a, I wouldn't want to fight her. <laughs> no, it's a it's a good chance of uh, getting knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Okay, how about this for a, a little oddball prediction? Since today, I, I don't know if I'm going to get to it, but uh, today is the new season of a season of the Ultimate Fighter Latin America exclusive to oh, Fight Pass. So I know you can tune into okay. it. But they're hosted by two uh, non. I know that's a weird thing. Latin American uh, coaches, yes, Forrest Griffin and Chuck Liddell. So. <laughs> that's so strange. But we'll take their job more seriously. And <laughs> mm. uh, I think they both I do. I think the they're both respectful. I think they're both respectful of the process, and they're both respectful of the position that they're in. In in that they are. They are facilitating a uh, a new generation of fighters. They're giving an opportunity. 
And yeah. so I think because of that, I think they're both are really respectful of the game and respectful of, uh, of the UFC. And I think they, I, I don't think one will be more than the other. I don't think we're ever going to see, you're never going to see yeah. a situation where it's like, uh, uh, you know, what, what Ken Shamrock, when he was coaching, where he didn't show up half the time and he barely coached and yeah, he, he was having he, issues with management during that. Yeah. Right. So I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're going to see anything like that. I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, if they're going to Latin America, to it's pretty much their focus. It's not right. They're not going to. Or they're, maybe they're bringing them to Vegas, but still, <laughs> that's probably more likely. Yeah, that's way more likely. Probably it's probably in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, uh, maybe the preemptive fights were. We'll see. Tune in to you Fight Pass, and <laughs> yeah. we shall see. Uh, yeah, I mean, other well, actually, we can make a, a couple predictions or look at. There are some other interesting fights on this week's. Uh, Fox card. Are you going to be around to watch it live, or are you? Uh, it's on what day? Saturday. Saturday. I have a gig Saturday. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, but it's an early gig. It's from eight to ten. So yeah. I will be done early enough to probably watch, watch most of it. Yeah. Um, I definitely be able to see the main event. Probably, probably most of the main card. Anthony Pettis against Charles Oliveira. That's a fucking featherweight. great featherweight fight. fight. That's a great fight. Yeah, Pettis' debut at featherweight. That's a... Re- I didn't even know that was a fight. Wow, that's an exciting fight. What a fucking matchup that is. I love it when I get surprised like that. When yeah, I, they're pretty, pretty evenly matched. They have the same height and, and reach uh, advantage. I mean, significant strikes are a little bit higher on Oliveira's part, even though he's primarily known... I mean, he's known for his good jiu-jitsu. Uh, Pettis is, I feel, in desperation mode now. That's what I'm his, saying. His last few losses, now he's yeah. dropping down a division. Uh, it's fucking play or go home for him. Not that I think that he'll be cut, because I feel like he is still an exciting fighter for the UFC. That I no, but I think with it, when he goes to re-up his contract, I, 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 oh, he yeah. has another loss when he goes to re-up his contract, even though they're not going to cut him. I think he'll probably get will get a better offer somewhere else. Almost certainly. Uh, yeah, especially with all the hecticness of that division. So, so quick, yeah, quick pick. Do you want to say if he? If uh, I Jesus, I'm gonna go with Oliveira. All right. I feel bad about the. I feel really feel bad about it because I, I really like Pettis a lot. I think he's a great fighter, but I feel like there's something going on with him that he's not. He's not. He's not up to snuff. He's not fighting at his full potential. I think, I don't know if it's a psychological thing or if he's having problems at home or what's going on, but I feel like he's not showing up the way he used to show up. And it bums me out for him because I'm a really big fan of his. I'm a fan of both those guys. I think they're both great. What a fucking matchup. Yeah. That could, that's one of those ones that could just be a fucking barn burner of a fight. True. Yeah. Or it's also one that could end in the first 30 seconds, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I I like to think that Pettis will be uh, in desperation mode. He's going to try to throw a lot. He's that's that's the thing. He's known for being so flashy, but you can't be throwing legs out to a guy who's got so much uh, talent. And it comes to manipulating limbs uh, in Charles Oliveira. So yeah, and I mean, and and there's the weight cut too. How's he going to fare with that extra weight cut? Is he gonna, is it going to draw him out? Is he going to have any? Yeah. Is he going to have the energy to 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 put out the the output? <laughs> To put out the output. Put out the output. To put out the output he's normally putting out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, just to 
just because I think he's, he's a desperation mode for the same reason that I picked Artem Lobov to win this past weekend. Uh, he was in desperation mode. Could get, I don't think he's going to get cut, but like you said, could take a, the cut will be in the word pay cut. Right, right. Uh, if he doesn't pull it off. Uh, so I'm picking Anthony Pettis to, to win in that one. I don't know if I'm going to put any money right. on it, but I'll put, I hope, I'll, I'll, yeah, I hope I'll you're fantasy. right. <laughs> I uh, hope you're right. Because I, I think, I think Charles Oliveira can sustain a loss and not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, at this point, it's not gonna change his, how the UFC looks at him. Yeah. Oh, you're losing to the former champion, uh, the yeah. former lightweight champion, it's not that big of a deal. But if Pettis is losing to Oliveira, that's a much bigger deal. For sure. So. Further down the card, the, uh, we'll see if the star power of Paige Van Sant brings a lot of new eyes to, this since her uh i think runner-up status on dancing with the stars she's going to be fighting <laughs> australia's rowdy beck rollins oh i like rollins. beck rollins a lot uh yeah beck rollins looked pretty good in, in, in her last fight which was in her uh, hometown of australia uh Paige van sant hasn't fought since being dismantled by rose nami yunus back on uh, december 10th uh which I went to. Matt Kona just pointed at a plaque on a his plaque, of it. plaque on his wall that commemorates oh, that yeah. fight. It was my first UFC event, <laughs> hey man. <laughs> I got a plaque. A fight pass, whatever, uh, fight club, but it points thing paid for that. I'm that I'm nice. going with Beck Rollins on that one. Okay. I'm gonna go with PVT. I'm gonna say America's sweetheart makes a comeback. Oh, you can uh, put there's a sob you can if you have PVT you can <laughs> put a little Oh, yeah. Put a little sob on it, and it'll go away after a little while. I'm a, I'm a savant when it comes to this. <laughs> I had two and two in my picks, plus 100 last week. But uh, I picked Anthony Johnson, and I picked Rick Story, so it didn't really work out. You had two picks? I lost two, and I won two. Oh, you I, won I, on I, money you bet? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I bet on Artem and Connor, so T. McGregor got me in the in the clear for that one. All right. <laughs> Still a tough night at the office, but... Big rematch, Joe Lozon against Jim Miller mm. in Vancouver. One of their, uh, they had a real big go of it last time. Incredible fight. Yeah. Uh, they're going to run it back. Uh, Joe Lozon, after being the first person to uh, TKO Diego Sanchez, Jim Miller, also on UFC 200, uh, dismantles Takanori Gomi. It seems like that fight just happened. <laughs> it did just happen. July, it feels, you know. But both of those oh, guys came out of there with almost no damage because it was. So that fight just happened in that just happened in July. No, no, not them fighting each other. No, but no, the, no. The Diego Sanchez yeah. Lozon fight just yeah. happened. That was a right? two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> right. So this is yellow canvas. So this is like the end of three, three events removed, and he's fighting again. Yeah, both guys are. Fighting wow, that's again. great. Uh, I'm a guy, huge Lozon fan. I'm I I really yeah. He's he's probably he's probably he's in my top. 20 favorite fighters. Oh, yeah. He's right up there near the top of the mountain when it comes to post-fight bonuses. Mm. He and Nate Diaz. Uh, another gu- couple guys that fought recently, too. Uh, Kevin Casey, who fought at UFC 199 to a draw, and Sam Alvey, who is coming off of uh, a loss and then avenged that. So he's been pretty active uh, lately. I really don't know what to say about that one. I feel like it could be... Uh, a clinch kind of war. I, I feel like it's. You know, uh, I, um, I feel like I'm not. Like, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really. Kevin Casey just doesn't do it for me in the MMA world. He's a he's a world class grappler. Um, 
you know, he's a wicked, wicked black belt in jujitsu. He's really killer, but he hasn't been able to implement that very well in yeah. mixed martial arts. And his stand-ups just mediocre at best. Sam Alvey's stand-ups much better than that. If he can keep from getting taken down, I think he can probably get a decision. Yeah. And Sam Alvey's he trains with Team Quest, uh, with Dan Henderson. Um uh-huh. And which oh yeah, is, who he in, in his last win he had like some bizarre call out which included Henderson beating Bisping and then relinquishing the belt or something. Oh yeah, but, uh, which is where uh, which is Bogey. where um, uh, Gomez is out there training with them now too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Joey Gomez. Yeah, yeah. Joey, Joey Gomez. Gomez from yeah. Team Link is living out in California now, training at Team Link. With Sam Alvey and That's all cool. those guys. So I see a picture so of him. Joey Gomez somewhere. could have been getting Alvey ready for this uh, he has a, middleweight he, fight. He has, I think his next fight is, uh, I think it might be Yair Rodriguez. Really? Huh. I think that seems I have, to be, I, I feel look. like that would be a big draw. I mean, a guy that's kind of going up in the featherweight ranks, I feel like going way to the unranked would be a back step for him. Uh, it's Almost somebody, in the same way that Cody Garbrandt uh Back in Israel, even even though he's calling out the champion, Donald, excuse me, Dominic Cruz mentioned this. He said he's the only guy that's calling for a title shot while fighting opponents behind him in the rate in the rankings. But again, well, they're trying to pad his they're trying to pad yeah. his numbers. But they wanted him to fight Caraway, but Caraway was injured or wanted a part of it. He's kind of picking his fights, which he's had a kind of a history of. Uh, this is a this is a fight I care about. Kyle Bochniak against Enrique Barzola. He of the last season of Fight Passes, Tough Latin America. Uh, Kyle Bochniak is a guy that we saw yeah, fight on consecutive CES. weeks at CES yes, and then, and then made his Bellator. debut in Boston. Right. No, no. I mean UFC, US. right? UFC. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a pretty crazy. Uh, to see him fight, whatever <laughs> Friday and then Saturday, right? Or Sunday, yeah. The following Sunday, <laughs> no, uh, a week, a week, yeah. nine days later, fight, uh, fight on the uh, 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 right the UFC, UFC card, the bantamweight championship, where Cruz reclaimed his the title he never lost. Um, also in the card, Alessio De Cicero, who is an Italian fighter, who's uh, very exciting. He's like the Italian Conor McGregor in terms of the uh, one of the only guys from Italy, although. He was the first guy from Italy to make his UFC debut. Uh, there was a guy, I forget his name, but, but he, uh, won pretty impressively submitting a BJJ black belt in this past weekend's prelims, which I know you didn't watch yet, but. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen either set of prelims from this last, last weekend's fight, unfortunately. Yeah, the fight pass main event was pretty good. Uh, the two fights before that were, yeah, they're watchable. Um, <laughs> in terms of if you're going to go back and watch it, sometimes I will want to have friends over for the UFC events. We'll go back and watch the fight pass after the fact, but it was, there was no following the McGregor Diaz. So we pretty much all just went our yeah. separate ways. And then I watched it again, uh, after. Yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch them, uh, when I have some but time the this week, was, I'll, I'll watch them this week. Yeah. I'll watch those prelims and the other, whatever the Fox, Fox prelims. Ones. Yeah, they yeah. were decent too, but, um, Lorenz Larkin, Neil Magny, uh, 
Yeah, that was one I got it's wrong. Worth your, worth your time for sure. Yeah, I got the, I picked Magni on that one. I, I know I saw that Larkin one, so but I don't I don't know how. Uh, oh, I do know. Was it was a third round knockout or third round submission? It was like a third no, round. No, no, it wasn't the third round. I think it was the first round. In fact, oh. Uh, well, I don't know shit. It'll all be, it'll all be <laughs> a surprise to me. Maybe if I watch it again, Magni will win. Or for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I watch it for the first time. All right, or for the first time. Yes. All right. Uh, sometimes you feel like that could happen. We're <laughs> watching a fight, which is, uh, you know. I want to watch the Diaz and McGregor synced up against each other to see if the... Watch that fight. Watch that fight. Watch that fight again and see if you see anything. (laughs) See if see if it looks a little fishy to you. I think you might. uh, I mean, I'll watch it again. I want to watch it again too to see if it seems as fishy uh, with a more open mind. Because as I was watching it, I had that in the front of my mind. So I want to. I want to go back and watch it again with uh, with less uh, with less pre uh, with less prejudice with less prejudice. prejudice. Right. Yeah. So uh, need not apply. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, so it's worth it. But uh, anything else? I don't think there's. Oh, I think that's it, man. I think those I'll the, wrap it up. Yeah, those are the those are the picks for next week. I, I don't know if I have any uh, gambling advice. I haven't looked at any lines or anything. I would just say don't uh, don't bet against your means and don't bet against Damian Maya. That's fine. All right. Uh, that's good advice. Bye. As always, yeah, leave a review. You can get a book if you seriously take us up on it and follow <laughs> through. Probably we'll give it to you. Leave a review on iTunes and Spread we'll send you Facebook. something. Yeah. A cool t-shirt, a book, uh, maybe a little locket of Matt Kona's hair. Yeah, you could choose your pubic or head. Or beard. Yeah. Or back. Mm-hmm. Back hair? I don't really have much back hair. We'll I'll find some. We can try to scare. We can find boy. something. We can find something. Get a. Uh, we get an epilator. We get an epilator, and that just takes it all like right by the root and just chews it. Chews it off. We'll find something. Nice. Someone invented that. Yeah, and it'll collect in a little platter, and then we'll put it in a bag and we'll send it to him. It'll be really fine and small, but. Yes. Uh, awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for watching. Leave a thumbs up on YouTube. And the floating heads are saying good night. Animaniacs over and out. Matt Kona says peace. Cut it out. That's the end. No, we it. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.